Let's pretend that you are sitting on a certain amount of cash right now. That cash can be in your bank account. It could be in any investment account, but let's just pretend it's sitting in cash. What would you do? Would you invest it all at once or would you invest a little bit over time? I'm going to give you today the financial answer, and then we're going to talk about real life because it's one thing to have it on paper. It's another thing to go, oh my gosh, how do I feel about actually implementing that? I think the answer is going to be surprising to a lot of you, but I hope that it is helpful because my goal every single episode is to make content that makes you go, yep, I'm thinking differently about that or nope, that resonates exactly with what I was thinking before. I want you to just have this be your ultra clear podcast that hopefully can simplify things so you can think about some things a whole lot more that are important and stop thinking about things that are absolutely irrelevant in terms of your plan. Oftentimes, it's just talking about here are things I want you to think about. I also want you to not spend any time or energy on things that I don't think you should be spending this time and energy on. So without that rambling, let's hop into today's episode, which starts with the review of the week, which comes from Jim via email. Jim says, Ari, love the content, expecting a little girl in seven weeks, and feel prepared that because of your content, I am confident I will be okay and she will be okay. Love the anti-vacuum planning examples from previous episodes. Appreciate all the work that you do. In the future, looking forward to more stories from clients. And if all of you share similar sentiments to Jim and want more client stories that I often like to go through during my podcast, of course, submit a question to me on my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com, and let me know. Okay, so today's episode is all about dollar cost averaging versus lump sum. And so the, the first place I always start here, it's kind of similar to buying a new stock. I'll say, if you didn't own it before, would you still buy it? And what I mean by that is a lot of people will have $100,000 worth of Apple, and they'll just keep holding it because it's done really well for them. Maybe they bought it for $20,000, and now it's worth 100000 and so there's that inherent emotional bias, that attachment to the position, I'll say, what if you didn't have any Apple stock? Would you still buy it? And if the answer was yes, then wonderful. You've thought through it correctly. Now there's other aspects, of course, but same thing here where if you're sitting on $100,000 and it's just in cash right now or a million bucks, I have people that come to me, they have two or $3 million just sitting in their investment account because they're going to retire soon. They don't want to do anything incorrectly and they want to make sure they're managing their portfolio well and they just don't want to screw up and they're going, should I put this in a little bit at a time, which is known as dollar cost averaging? Should I do it all at once, which is like a big lump sum investment? What makes most sense? And so, of course, we're going to go over the financial reality and then the life reality. So this is technically, should I dollar cost average? Should I lump sum? It's really one question. Invest it in a manner that will allow you to fund all of your goals. That's kind of what you want to do with these this money. That's why you have it. And should you invest it all at once or dollar cost average? The answer to number one, which is how do we invest it in a manner that will allow you to fund all of your goals, is find that right mix of stable assets and growth assets because you want to ensure you can generate a rising income stream, not for tomorrow or next year, but for the next 40 or 50 plus years. If you want to retire early, whether it be early 50s, early 60s, the reality is you need this to last for a long time. You are a young investor. And so that's not too difficult for you to grasp. I'm going to imagine you go, all right, yep, I am crystal clear on that. The question now becomes is what do you do? Did you invest or should you invest? And I'm going to give you an example. Should you invest $600,000 to take a hypothetical here all at once or should you spread it out over time? The concern is that I imagine a lot of you had thought through at some point is, oh my gosh, what if I invest all of it all at once and the market drops? And let's say market drops 20%. Well, we we saw that last year. We see that in many years. Or what if you, for example, sold your home 
and now you have $600,000 and you invested. And this comes from a, a real client case, which is how I bring all these examples up. I always give clients who ask this the same exact example. I say, I'm going to give you a few examples of what you can choose from. Okay. I'm going to give you five investment choices. I'm going to connect the dots here to dollar cost averaging and lump sum. I promise. I'll say, which investment would you like? The first one is positive 53% of the time. The second one is positive 63%. The third one is positive 70% of the time. The fourth one is positive 77% of the time. And the fifth one is positive 97% of the time. People go, Ari, I'm not dumb. I'm picking the one that goes up 97% of the time. That sounds awesome. And then I tell my clients or anyone reaching out, I'll say they're all the same exact investment. They are all the S&P 500. This is the probability of positive returns over time. So for example, when I said the first investment goes up 53% of the time, that's on a daily basis. It's pretty much a coin flip. If you were to go invest on a daily basis, odds are you'll make money, but there's a 47% chance you would not. Now, on a monthly basis, 63% of the time, you will have a positive outcome. 37% of the time, you won't. On a quarterly basis, 70% of the time, you'll have a positive outcome. 30% of the time, you won't. On an annual basis, 77% positive. And on a 10-year basis, 97% of the time, you will have a positive outcome. So when people say, why do I invest? Well, th this is obviously a big reason is why do any of us invest? You've probably experienced this. Most of you have already and you understand the value of investing, but this is where you have to tie it into actually goal-based investing, which if you're going to go purchase a new home or you're going to retire and you're going to make a big shift where now all of a sudden we need to make sure there's a safety we need to make sure there is income you can pull from. What we don't want to do is have too much invested in the S&P 500 to the point where now there's a 20 or 30 or 40% chance that all of our funds are down. And now it's not only what does this mean for, for future of 10, 20, 30 plus years from now, but what does this mean for the next five years? Where will income come from? We need to protect against that. And that's why a lot of people look at dollar cost averaging. So what dollar cost averaging really is, it's a series of lump sum investments. So if you have $120,000 and you're going to invest that over 12 months, it's the same thing as making a lump sum investment of 10000 every month. So very basic, of course. Let's look at a few examples. If we're looking at market averages, the longer you stay out of the market, the more likely you are to lose money. Once again, the longer you're out of the market, the more likely you are to lose money. Just like the example I just gave before, 53% of the time, if you were to just flip a coin on a daily basis, you will make money, but 47% of the time you won't. But the reason that this is so basic and I keep it high level is because we're now going to hop into some fun stuff here. Once again, $10,000 today, if you are investing that, um, let's just assume that you did 10000 all in one month. And once again, going back to the examples I just shared, on a monthly basis, S&P 500 average, it's about 63% of the time positive. On a quarterly basis, about 70% of the time positive. So if we're looking at this and going, okay, if we want to invest $10,000 this month, there's a 63% chance that it's going to be positive. Now, that's because 63% of the time, the market is positive over a monthly period. That makes sense. But what if we look at the final 10,000 investment over a 12 month period, 77% of the time, that's going to be worth less than your first investment, which means the longer you wait, the more likely you are to underperform relative to one single lump sum investment at the beginning. So let's stretch this out to an extreme example so you can really see what I'm talking about here. Because I know that that's, it can sound like a lot right there. So let's look at two different investments, two dollar cost average investments, one now and one in 10 years, okay? Now, 
When we look at this, um, it's interesting because only there's only a 3% chance that you actually come out ahead. And by the way, it's not just a lower chance of coming out ahead the longer you extend the dollar cost averaging interval, but the magnitude of underperformance, that becomes a whole lot larger too because you missed out on so much growth by not investing. This is just looking at the odds when you put everything in the S&P 500. Now, please know, if you invest in a diversified portfolio, the odds of being up are even higher over time, which means the odds of dollar cost averaging coming out ahead becomes even lower. The longer we extend the dollar cost averaging, the more likely we are to miss out on market returns. Now, of course, this isn't always the case. If we knew, if anyone knew there's going to be a major pullback, then of course we'd wait, but no one does. And thinking there's going to be a major pullback is way different than knowing with certainty. Nobody knows with certainty. But most people, for most of the time, they tend to overestimate the odds of there being a market downturn over the next 6 to 12 months, and they ask themselves, and I would ask you to ask yourself, do you think the market will be higher or lower in 10 years? You'd probably say higher if I had to guess. Most people would. So then ask yourself, if you think it's more likely the market will be higher or lower in 6 months, Well, most people would say lower. We have a short-term bias. This is because you're a human being. The market's being down the last 15 months and then up a whole bunch year to date. There's uncertainty around inflation, interest rates, global issues. There always is. So of course, it's easy to see how the market could go down. We are just wired this way. It's so easy to convince ourselves that our markets are based on our superior logic and understanding of uncertainties that we face. But here's what I actually want you to do. Take a long, hard look at that yourself if that's truly a logical conclusion or if it's a fear-based conclusion wrapped up in logic. I'm going to say it one more time. Take a long, hard look at that to ask yourself if that's truly a logical conclusion or if it's a fear-based conclusion wrapped up in logic. Ask yourself that same question. In 10 years from now, do you think the market will be positive or negative? Most of you will say positive, and then I'd ask you, of course, in the next six months, what do you think? A lot of you would say negative. By the way, when I say that, of course the market could absolutely drop in the next six or 12 months. I don't know. No one knows. That's always the case with the market, though. Just because it feels more likely now doesn't mean it actually is more likely compared to other times in the past. There's no way to predict what's to come. So one of the things I said at the beginning of today's episode, maybe it was even last episode, I said, my job is to help simplify your thinking. Please don't think about things that that are out of your control. And this is one of them. When do I think a big downturn will occur? I don't know. But when that does occur, do you have instruments to start implementing to take advantage of those events? So markets go down. Are you ready to implement strategic Roth conversions? Are you on the sidelines going, yep, I have a brokerage account, tax loss harvesting, I'm ready to go. Some people don't. They're just kind of, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. Whereas they're not looking at the proactive side. When the markets go up, I say, wonderful, you're making money. When markets go down, I say, wonderful, it's an opportunity to get in at a discount and do some awesome tax planning. You can make money work for you no matter what way the market is going. So where do I think things will go? I have no idea. I could give you my personal thoughts, but it's really not going to be that helpful because I don't know if it's accurate or not. In fact, I do know that it's not 100% accurate. No one ever is. I realized that a long time ago, and because of that, let's not kind of waste our, our mental bandwidth, if you will, on that. So what do I recommend? Invest. I don't care if it's lump sum or dollar cost averaging. The reality is you are gonna be in a good position by investing. If you want the best absolute answer, 
It's to put it all in at once. Now, emotionally, that's difficult. If you put 100,000 in, it goes down 20%. You're like, oh my gosh, I lost $20,000. And if you couldn't afford to lose that, then I would say don't invest that amount. If you need to have $100,000 six months later, maybe look at a high-yield savings account instead. If you're going to already know I'm really not going to touch these funds for 10, 20 plus years, then I go, okay, it's it's not necessarily fun if it goes down 20%, but would you be okay? Yeah, you would. And so this is what I really ask my clients, when do you need the money? That's the dictator of, are you going to put it in all at once or are you going to do a little bit over time? If you need a portion of the funds in the next three, six, 12, 15 months, okay, maybe we put that off to the side and we don't invest it or we invest it in a much more balanced manner. The hardest part about this is really your emotions. You, let's pretend you receive 100000 or a million or $10 million. It could be a business sale, a pension rollover, inheritance, lottery, whatever it is. If you're going to dollar cost average, what's the best way to do it? The shortest one possible that makes you feel comfortable. That is the answer. So if you're like, Ari, I'm comfortable. If I've got a million bucks, I'm going to put in you know, 150000 a month. Great. Then do that. If you're like, no, I'd rather do 20000 a month over time. Great. Do that. Does it mean we're leaving something on the table? Yeah, maybe. But it also might mean that you saved yourself from significant downturn. What I don't want you to do is go, okay, if I put this in 10000 every month and then all of a sudden six months later markets go down, I'm going to reevaluate that. Commit to your strategy. Go, yep, I don't need this money for a long time. I'm going to give it the best chance historically at making the most money. I'm going to put it in all at once. Wonderful. Other clients go, nope, I want to put this in at a monthly amount. I'm not going to, you know, determine whether or not this is the best market time to do so. I'm comfortable. 10,000 a month is going in. Great. Commit to that 10,000 a month. This goes back to the point that investing at just once, that that is the best option on paper. Every day, every week, every month, you extend your decision, meaning I don't know if I should put it all at once or I should do it monthly. That's hurting you. Every day, every week, every month, you extend that until you actually invest your dollars, the more likely you're going to come out behind because you just had that analysis paralysis. So you are a lot of you, I know, expecting probably me to go through a deep example on dollar cost averaging, lump sum, what the different values come out to be. And I love doing that. But I don't want you to lose focus on the most important thing here, which is having the right strategy here. If you want on paper what makes most sense, you can see right there through this basic example, 53% of the time, if you were to invest your money, just a daily coin flip, you are going to make money. So you have a 3% chance of coming out ahead if you were to put everything all at once. Now, is that worth the emotional turmoil of seeing a million dollars go to 800,000 and, you know, quick succession? Probably not to a lot of you. So if that's you, then great. Absolutely take the approach of dollar cost averaging in. It's really about finding what strategy resonates with you. So I hope this was helpful in thinking through this from a mindset perspective. With an early retirement, you really need to dial in your income. So if you are wondering, how do I create my income? How do I have the right tax strategy? How do I make sure I'm not leaving anything on the table? That's, of course, what I love to do. And you can reach out to myself in the description below to see just how I help clients do that. That's all for today's episode. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, 
tax, or legal advice, consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.